The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. MLB show. Here are your hosts, the luckiest men on the face of the earth, Chase Fedorsky and Bryce Holden. Welcome to episode 228 of the Underdog Sports Baseball Show with Bryce Holden. My name is Chase Fedorsky. I was just on BovadaSportsbook.com. I'm in New Jersey, which means we get a better uh, playoff odds picture as well as oh. awards than we do in New York. And uh, I just want to say today is August 15th uh, and the Yankees are plus a thousand to make the playoffs. And to be honest with you, that feels generous. I mean, I guess I was going to touch on it. Barry, Barry, they're done. Yanks are done. Yanks, they have too many teams ahead of them and every team ahead of them is better. Well, I was going to use it to then segue into our travels. Um, The Yanks. So this is the week that was for the New York Yankees. We're doing this two weeks in a row now. Um, last week when we were, when we were recording the podcast last week, was that when Sevy gave up all the runs? Um, no, it was when we blew it with Garrett on the mound. <laughs> you were at the game. Yeah. I got you when you got made it home from the game. I was no last week, last week we were in Chicago. I went in Chicago. That was going to be my transition into the traveling. I saw this Yankees team pitch or play Wednesday against the White Sox. Um, I quite like guaranteed rate field. Oh, uh, yeah. We watched the Oh, you know what we did last week? Last week we uh, last week was the Cease Cole start. Yeah. So the Yankees blew it with Cole on the mound uh twice this week. They I was there Wednesday, guaranteed rate park, great field. Um, I almost wanted to like try to deface the Harold Bain statue because I thought it would be amusing for us because of us and the entire baseball community thought on Baines in the Hall of Fame, but it's a really nice statue. Um, but a nice stadium. That's not very nice to Harold Chase. That, that's not that would have been very mean of you. Well, that's why I didn't do it. Instead, I just took a picture of the statue without me in it. All the other ones, I was in the picture. Baines just got Baines. Um, great stadium though. You know, kind of a weird location on the south side of Chicago, like right off the highway, really nothing to do other than see a game, but got the full experience, took the red line. Um, and the one thing I will say about guaranteed rate park, fantastic food selection, fantastic food selection. And I'll give that, you, you mentioned the red line. I'll give credit to both guys. Could not be the, the white Sox play in their own, in their own world, but the sub, what do they call it? It's, it's not the subway over there, whatever their Metro system is. Could it be simpler? It was interesting going to Wrigley that Friday for Bruce Springsteen and contrasting what surrounds guaranteed rate versus Wrigley. Um, well, they, I, they they just redid that whole Wrigley area. Wrigley's always been in um, Wrigley's always been in. I mean, Wrigley's built just there's houses right there. People live right next to Wrigley Field. I took some swings. I took some swings and sluggers in case you were curious. Sluggers is sluggers belongs in the Mount Rushmore of bars in this country. Sluggers is right up there with the bodega at the outside Yankee Stadium in terms of close to my heart. Um, but yeah, I mean the Yanks, Garrett left the Garrett blue, we blew two separate leads with Garrett on the mound. Um, I was there Wednesday and 
rather than just not have Sevy pitch, instead Boone's like, oh, we'll just put him in in the second inning. He gets shelled. I'm getting chirped by White Sox fans of all people. Um, terrible chirps. They were the two chirps were, oh, the New York City skyline is designed by Chicago architects, followed by, oh, you guys got a bunch of rats. I'm like, yeah, because there's no rats in the city of Chicago. Um, but I remember being at a White Sox game a year ago, and all of the chirps were directed at. I, I AJ AJ Pollock was on the White Sox last year. Correct. I get him confused with Adam Eaton a lot. But yeah, I remember and then we were out there and they were just screaming. They they started demeaning if poor AJ Pollock had left who couldn't catch a ball, couldn't throw. He, he sucks. There's a lot of AJ, sorry, two hands, AJ. Come on, buddy, you got this one. Similar player profiles, but uh but point being the Yanks go two and four against the White Sox and the Marlins. Um, they are in last place. If they lose to the Braves tonight, uh, I'm going to fact check myself real quick. If they lose the game to the Braves tonight, which with Semi on the mound feels increasingly likely, they will be a 500 team. And that's kind of just the way the cookie has crumbled for this team. But we've kind of alluded to it a lot the past couple of weeks. But I think at this point, as Yankee fans, we are officially ready to declare August 15th, 45 days to go in the season. It's over. The Marlins game. But enough about the Yankees. More on to my travels. I went to the Jason Aldean concert in Raleigh, North Carolina on Friday night. And I I, I don't wanna I don't wanna inform anyone's opinion. Listen to the song, make your own judgments. If you don't like the song, I can send you Jason Aldean's public service announcement. Uh, as he made it as it pertains to try that in a small town. But a very good concert. Um, it was the most, I speak in hyperboles almost every time I go to a concert. I'll de- that was the most invested crowd I've ever seen that show. So is that but, concert, is that concert where you got the NRA hat that you're wearing right now? Um, I actually brought that, actually, uh, the guy I was driving down and happened to have one. Of them, so that, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Hey, at least this one's blue and not red. Then you really would have stood out, uh, in our more liberal areas of town. Yeah, I mean, it. it is what it is. It's a different world. You leave the city. I also made it back home to – I guess I'm not home. I never lived in the city, even though I thought I did. But I guess that's something for me to talk with a professional, not, not out loud on a podcast. Uh, it's good to be back home. And then I got a surprise trip to – have you ever been to Daytona Beach? I have not. I haven't been to the state of Florida in about a decade. Yeah, fun fact, it's not that fun. But uh, – <laughs> It's not, it's not that fun of a fact. The last time I flew to the state of Florida, I flew from France. That's uh, much different, for sure. But I'm glad you had a good time in Florida. Very long flight. Very long. Yeah, I, uh, well, I, I, I think I, I told you this one, but kids uh, listening at home, the speed limit is there for a reason. Do not exceed the speed limit, as I found out in Florida. Yeah, if there's one thing Florida politicians have told me on the news is that the law doesn't exist there, but I guess you were the exception to the rule. I mean, they they did give me get, let me off with a warning. So, yeah, I see. If you got a speeding warning, does your mom pay your car insurance? Maybe. Your driver's insurance? I don't think I have driver's insurance. I think the implication. Think, I think the implication is you have to drive to have driver's insurance. 
Should I tell my mom about the speeding warning? No. No, right? No. Like, no, no harm, no foul. I'll just. No need. No need. So yeah, thank you very much, Officer Deep, down in uh down in uh, Volusia County. There you go. I will not be. I uh, will not be speeding anytime soon. Big week of travels for us. Let's jump right in. We're going to do a few Bavada picks of the week. Uh, first one, Braves Angels over is 10 and a half. What do you got? Braves Yankees. Sorry. I had a brain fart there. Uh, over 10 and a half. All right, this is the this is the prop bed game of the night. I would take the over. I'd take it a Justin runs over. I would basically throw a dart at the Braves lineup and bet on them hitting a homer. I feel like Judge hasn't homer in a while. Throw that in there. I feel like Stanton hasn't homer in a while. Throw that in there. My my official hitting for sure. Official same game referred today was uh, Braves minus one and a half minus one twenty. Took the over ten and a half and then two plus total bases. I have Judge Glaber. Olsen, Riley, Harris, and Acuna. Sevy's been the worst pitcher in baseball, and it's not close. Sevy's, there are some tweets going around. I don't have them handy, but I, there was there are some tweets out there that say Sevy is on the this the worst stretch of any pitcher in Yankees history. It's the worst I've seen. It's every time this guy goes out there, he gives up seven runs, and I, I mean, just saying that. It's every time he goes out there, he gives up seven runs. It's terrible. It's uh, in the first inning. It's or if they if Boone thought he was some sort of mad scientist, just oh, if we put him in the second inning, he can't give up seven in the first. Give up second, he give up seven in the second just as easily. Yeah, he just can't pitch. Let's pick a game that's going to be more competitive. I think Orioles visiting the Padres. Your boy Flaherty for the Orioles, Michael Waka for the Padres. Plus one and a half, plus, minus 192, plus 112 for the O's, minus one and a half, plus 158, minus 132 for the Padres. I like O's plus 112 here. Flaherty going back to the National League. He's been pitching solid as an Oriole, um, and they just keep winning. Still give me the Orioles. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to fade you here. I I don't like picking against guys on the fantasy squad for obvious reasons. It's just Flaherty's – I hope I'm wrong, but I feel like – his first start with yours was great. His second start was pretty good. I don't think he won, but I, I, he was fine. Uh, and I think I, – I, I just feel like he, the Padres are so good on paper that I have quit them in the long run, but I just can't – game to game, it's hard for me to bet against them. All right, let's go to the standings. AL East, Orioles 74 and 45, three up on the Rays. Braves, I mean, brutal week. Uh, Shane McClanahan, we talked about the injuries last week. He's not going to pitch again this year. He's got some loose bodies in his elbow. Tommy John is on the table. Wander Franco, that is a whole other discussion that we're going to devote some time to. But um, there's a world where if he gets in trouble for what's alleged to him, he never plays again. Um, So needless to say, they're 72 and 49, three games behind the Orioles. Blue Jays eight and a half back, sixty six and fifty four. Red Sox sixty two and fifty six. Yanks sixty and fifty nine. Um, the Red Sox are three back in the wild card. Sale looked pretty solid his first game back. And Trevor Story had a four for four game this weekend. You think there's a world where the Red Sox really make a real run at this last wild card spot? Yeah, I think. I think you'll get two. You'll get the top two. Honestly, I. What what are the odds? What does Bavada have the uh, the Rays to miss the playoffs? Because that's the team that if this Wander shit is what it appears to be. I again will talk with. I don't. 
I don't know what it is. Let's say he's out for the rest of the season. I still think they get in. What? I still think they get in. Yeah. I don't know. I just just don't know. I still still think they get in. All that said, though, I mean, we've talked about the pitching injuries. Because I I do – to answer your question about Boston, I think Boston's a real threat. I think Toronto and Seattle are both real threats. So that's they got to stay ahead of they have to stay ahead of two of them. A lot's talked been talked about the race pitching in the second half. No one's really talked about the fact that a Rose Arena is down to hitting two fifty eight with an OPS below eight hundred. Which that's for the season? Huh? That's his season numbers, not second half numbers. That's a that's season. A Those are his season numbers. Yeah, which at the All Star break would have been unthinkable. Unthinkable. So unthinkable. Yeah. You, you factor that in with the injuries, the pitching. I still think they get there, um, but I don't know how dangerous they are in the playoffs at this point. Um, AL Central, we did our Yankees rant, so I can skip that. Um, AL Central, um, the Twins are 62 and 58, four and a half up on the Guardians, who are now five games below 500, 57 and 62. Pavada odds for the Guardians to win the division are plus 950. Do you think it's worth sprinkling any money there or at this point? Uh, the Twins are going to just win the division because someone's got to win it. Detroit's 53-65, eight back. White Sox, Royals riding out the division there. There's stuff I like about the Guardians. I just We like Gavin Williams. I love Gavin Williams. Gavin Williams, number one fan here. He's one of our players of the week. I mean, so maybe, yeah, honestly, that it's not a terrible bet if you just want to throw some, if you have, like, extra money laying around. I think your, you're back home. What's in the piggy bank? Yeah, I, I think the Twins are going to win this. I'd throw a fiver on there, get 50 bucks back if Terry's does some Terry magic. But the, I, I just think that they sold. They got they 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 they, they, they conceded at the deadline. That's what makes it hard. Um, yeah, they're in a weird in between year. Um, but look, if nothing else, Tanner Beebe, uh, Gavin Williams, like these young pitchers are at least validating, I would say, the Savali trade where they'll be right back in it next year. ALS Rangers 71 and 48, three and a half up on the Strohs, uh, who are 68 and 52, two up in the wild card column. Uh, Angels 59 and 61 are in fourth. Mariners 63 and 55, seven and three in their last 10. They had won seven in a row prior to a three-game losing streak. They are two back in the wild card. Uh, A's 33 and 86, last place in all baseball. Wild card itself, uh, Rays five and a half up on Houston. Uh, Houston is two up on the Blue Jays. And then the Mariners are two back. Red Sox three back. Yanks five and a half back. There's a world where I think the Mariners catch the Blue Jays. Um, and, and to me, it, it all comes down to the pitching. Um, Blue Jays have a very – I checked this morning. Easy schedule. There, there's a stretch when I think at the end of August to mid-September, the Blue Jays have something like – Nationals, Rockies, Royals. It just feels like the Blue Jays don't hit. Like for a team with so much offensive talent, it just feels like, especially with the shutdown, they just don't hit. I again, I don't think it's impossible for them to get caught. I, I mean, Tampa is the team I don't like. I guess as a as a baseball fan, as someone who just has opinions on all these teams, I I, I don't like Tampa. I would like Tampa to fall out of the playoffs. And you you could talk me out of that being a possibility. Yeah, I mean they've already, regardless, this season is not a disaster. But when you think of where they were the first fifty or so games to now be in this situation, it's well, a they let- were thir- what did they start out thirteen and zero? Yeah, it's a letdown. They got passed by fucking Baltimore. 
Go yeah. for power. Credit to the Orioles, but Tampa, the, the the Orioles are two, three, maybe four years ahead of schedule right now, and Tampa's got a. We were saying it in the the first half of the year. If not this year for Tampa, then it's not going to happen. I guess it's not going to happen. Especially if McClanahan does get Tommy John. National League Braves 76 and 42, 11 and a half up on the Phillies. Uh, Marlins 63 and 57, they're 14 back. Mets 54 and 65, only a game up on the Nats for their worst record in the division. Um, and the Mets right in the mix for the uh, second worst record in the National League ahead of the Rockies. Watch the Yanks Mets to finish in, in last parlay at the start of the season would have been that would have been a- astronomically high payout for us. Um, this was my first time watching the Braves really extensively. This might be the best lineup I've ever seen. Like the only ones, like this to me, if they get the job done, you're talking about this lineup with the 09 Yanks just in our lifetime, the 09 Yanks, the, I know they didn't get the job done, but the 19 Astros. I think the 19 Astros were the best team of our lifetime. Like that, like just one of those lineups were up and down. You're just like, how the fuck do you get guys out? There's nothing easy. It's like, well, we talk about, I mean, can we, if we're going to talk MVPs later, can we just acknowledge Olsen? Yeah, I mean, I was going to wait till the league leaders, but if you're going to spray some money on an award winner, I mean, Acuna's minus 420 to win the MVP right now. Well, you could get, so on Bavada, you could get Olsen for plus 1,700. I, I think you have to sprinkle. There's a real world where he hits 60 home runs. Yeah, do you mind? Get, you can, throw, can you throw six on that for me, please? I'll do it after the podcast. I have no money in my account right now. Got it. it just, it's, it's just he might hit 60 homers. The other one in that, what, what's, what are Freddie's MVP odds? Freddie's plus 450. I was thinking Freddie this morning. But... Ronald, the field is plus 290 versus Ronald. AL MVP is off the board. Interesting. Garrett I mean... Garrett minus 300 for AL side. And, and I just, you know, I love this guy more than anybody. I just don't get how Zach Allen at plus 180 is the favorite. I don't know how you make anyone the favorite the NR. I would give Snell at plus 250 the award before him. I'd give Justin Steele at plus 1,000 before him. Even Logan Webb having the third mile studs. The NL Cy Young ballot is weird. Yeah, you might get a big Venmo from me later. That's fine. We'll figure it or out. Or I may just have you. Sign into Mike. Yeah, we'll talk after after the fight. NL Central Brewers sixty five and fifty four, three and a half on the Cubs uh, and the Reds. Pirates fifty three and sixty six and fourth. Cardinals in fifth. Dodgers yeah, seven at the Cardinals to the last place parlay. You would have gotten a huge payout. Uh, They're the, the unspoken disaster disaster team is the same those Cardinals. I'm going to say an unspoken disaster team is in the NL West too, relative to how the season started. The Dodgers are seventy one and forty six, nine up on the Giants. The D-backs being 59 and 60, a game below 500 in the middle of August and 13 back, that qualifies to me as a disaster relative to how they started. They're the Rays, but they didn't hold on. I don't know if they're a disaster. I think they're just uh, – they're, they're, they're ran, they ran out of gas. There's just no world where this team should potentially be finishing below 500. Were they in first place at the All-Star break? They were right around. Uh, they were starting to tumble right before Padres 56 and 43, 16 back. Rockies 46 wins and last. And NL wild card, very clustered. Awesome. Phillies 65 and 54, two and a half up on the Giants. Marlins have the third. Cubs and Reds are a game uh, behind. D backs three and a half. Padres six and a half. Bury uh, the Padres. We both said last week they were going to make it. Bury them. 
it, it, something's I think off. it's going to be Phillies, Marlins, and a second NL Central team. I, I just don't – Logan Webb is great. I just don't know pitching-wise down the stretch where the Giants are going to get enough ammo from. Doesn't matter. I think the three that are in are in. All right, we can agree to disagree. Uh, moving to the league leaders. Got to reload the page because it timed out on my end. Run scored, Ronald, 107. Hits, Luis Arias with 163. Doubles, Freddie, 43. Triples, uh, Cronenworth, Cattell Marte, Otani, and Bobby Witt with seven. Quick Bobby Witt shout out. Um, he's really good. I get why he's forgotten amongst all the young studs because there's some stuff he needs to elevate still, but – at 23 years old, he's a real franchise building block. Um, yeah, he's fast. He's fast. He's fast, and he's good at it. But he really is on an island out in Kansas City. I mean, what, who's the second best player on that team? Salvi, like a hundred-year-old Salvi Perez, or a two hundred-year-old Granky? Homer's Matt Olson, 43. It's definitely not Granky, by the way. Uh, 107 RBIs, Matt Olson, Juan Soto, 100 walks. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, 154 strikeouts. Random Granky question for you. What would if, Does Granky wear a hat in the Hall of Fame? He's such a weird guy. What would he pick? I think he goes no hat or the Royals. Okay. Do they have to retire his number in Kansas City? I don't think so. Eh. No, because he never won anything other than the side. 366 average for Arias, 423 on base for Cunha. Otani slugging 661, 1.067 OPS for Otani. Uh, one note I do want to make, this doesn't have nothing to do with the league leaders, but it's just something that I texted you about. Um, we talked about how Granky and his end of career legacy, Wainwright has a negative 2.3 war this year. Wainwright... Wait. His ERA is 8.78, and his whip is 2.085. He should have gone out with he should have gone out with Albert Yachty. You know what it was coming into the year? I mean, look, Wainwright, we look Wainwright the past couple of years has been a solid big league pitcher. He coming into the year was five wins short of 200. I, I think in any reality, you and I both thought that he would have gotten that done this year. What's his record? A lot and a little. I just closed it out. One second. He's a little and a lot. I think three and seven. Not good. It's. I mean, Wainwright is a St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Famer. Yeah. No. Of course. He only uh, has one ring, though. People always forget that. It's true. Just the 06. Uh Well, they probably gave him a ring for eleven, but he only was a part of one World Series team. Wins, uh, Justin Steele, Schreider, Taiwan Walker. ERA is Snell, 263. Complete games is Sandy with three. It's one of our players of the week. Shutout, Fromber with two. Saves, Alexis Diaz with 33. Innings pitch, 163, Logan Webb. I guess that's where the Logan Webb comes in. Strikeouts, Gausman, or excuse me, Strider with 217. Kirby, George Kirby, one whip. Um and Shohei Otani with a 185 average against. I, I mean, real quick, when we were looking at the um Bavada odds for the Cy Young Award, it, it almost feels like at this point, we kind of said it this last week, but now with McClanahan officially down. I mean, Garrett's been good, but it feels like he's gonna win the Cy Young just because he he he's pitching. Well, I think Batista getting hurt, or not getting hurt. Batista having a couple bad games against the Orioles almost took him out of it. 
Like, it, it, what are the uh, – Otani's not pitching anymore, right? That would be news to me. Well, he's skipping a start. Oh, yeah, he better be pitching. I, I got some fantasy starts I need him for. I would say if there's good value on the Otani Cy Young, take that. Because at a certain point, no, nobody's going to want to win this. No, who wants to win this AL Cy Young? I still think the NL Cy Young right now, I, you just look at those numbers. Um, to me, it's not Gallon, But I, I think you got to give it to Snell. If he leaves the league in ERA and is top three or four in strikeouts, I don't know. To me, in a shitty pitching year, that's who you give it to. What if Kershaw is lights out? Then you could definitely give it to Kershaw. I just nothing with Gallon jumps off the page to me. Yeah. I can't believe I can't believe the the odds makers have turned me against Zach Gallon. It's just it's weird. There's no um. I, the most dominant pitcher in baseball this season has been Felix Batista, the closer. I think, and even he now, like the numbers, because he got two tough outings against the Astros last week. The numbers aren't going to be good enough, I think, for a closer to win the Cy Young, even in a down year. And in the NL, I, I don't know. the playoffs, I think Steele's going to win it. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just one of those years where if you're pretty good at everything, you win it. Maybe I got to take my own day trip out to New Jersey. I probably should have done this when I was in New Jersey. Welcome to Come Hang. Um, players of the Week, there's a big one that we're holding off on his own segment. Um, but two milestones, future All-Famers. Miguel Cabrera is now uh, 19th in Major League history in hits with 3,145. Past Tony Gwynn and Robin Yount uh, earlier this week. Um, Miggy climbing up the ladder there. And Dusty Baker passed Bucky Harris for seventh place on the all-time wins list. 2,159 wins uh, in the Astros 8-2-1 of the Orioles at Oracle Park. Now I guess we're talking about Dusty. Like now that he has the ring. He's kind of elevated into what now I would consider like an inner circle managerial Hall of Famer, whatever that means. I don't agree. I think to be in that inner circle managerial Hall of Fame, you need multiple rights. All right, here's I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second. Are you going to say Bobby Cox? That was exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Who has more pennants, Dusty or Bobby, or is it the same? Dusty's dated. Bobby has what? One more? How many does Dusty have? He's got the one with the Giants, two with the Astros. It feels like he had more, but yeah, I guess it's those three. And Cox had four with the Braves. 90, he had 91, two, five. Oh, then five. Five, six, nine. Dusty also won a division, though, with what? Five teams now? I mean, Cox, obviously, there's the 14 straight division titles, which is insane. But I, I just think you can make arguments for players without the postseason success. But if you're a manager, you're only measured by wins and losses. You don't get it done. All, you don't get it done. You don't get it done. I would add of the Cox, because Cox, Tory LaRusso went into Hall of Fame together. I think I, you have to put Cox, you have to put Cox third. He has one ring. Wasn't it Cox, LaRusso, and Tory? Yeah, that's what I said. Did I not say that? Oh, I didn't hear the Joe part. Yeah, the three of them went in. I think Cox was the third best of that era, or of that crop. Yeah, and I think Tony's probably the best manager, but screw it. Joe's my guy. Of course, Joe's the guy. I also like – I do like managers that can do it with both. 
I like when anybody does things with multiple teams. I think it's cool. All right, players of the week. This is one of our guys. Really weird year coming off the Cy Young, but uh, here he is leading the league with three complete games. Sandy Alcantara against the Yanks. He worked around a leadoff singer in the ninth uh, to throw an 116-pitch, 10-strikeout complete game in the Marlins' three-run win over the Yankees. Uh, six complete games last season. Uh, led the MLB in innings. His 12 complete games to 2019, his first full season, are twice as much as the next pitcher uh, on the list. So far in the second half, he's looked like the Sandy of old. Um, he's second in baseball in innings pitch behind Logan Webb. Um, he has a 2-4-5 ERA since the All-Star break. So a complete game in two of his last four starts. Um, and he has, uh, like I said, but those nine complete games, no MLB team has more than five complete games during that time span over the last two years. Uh, if the Marlins get the Sandy of old back, especially with Yuri Perez kind of struggling since they've yo-yoed him a bit, then that becomes a much more dangerous team come playoff time. Uh, you'll talk, you'll take your victory lap and talk about your under the radar move. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think a team, a team that made every move the Marlins made at the deadline. Made All Josh that. Bell has done is hit homers. Um, I've never actually seen Jake Berger until I watch it. That's a big boy that that screams DH, but that's okay. Cause there's a universal DH. Well, they also have Solaire. They made purposeful moves. Like they didn't they make moves. moves. With the, yeah. And they it, is it still Kim Ng there? Yes. It, it, Shout out to Kim Ng because she Look, crushed if it. Kim Ng gets fired, you're going to hear about it because the liberal media is going to go insane. And that, that's not me being a conspiracy nut. That's just fact. <laughs> I mean, if you want me to quote Jason Aldean again, which I'm sure everybody does, he said, read the story. Don't just read the headlines. And he said, half the time, everything you read on social media is bullshit. Okay. And I thought that was pretty cool. It was uh, He almost sounded like a, a South Park meme of Jason. Other players of the week, George Kirby did not get credit for a complete game, but against the Orioles in a one nothing loss Saturday, three singles uh, did not allow – only allowed three singles, seven strikeouts, no runs, no walks, did not allow a runner to advance past first in the ninth, 103 pitches, an incredible start. Unfortunately, their offense was held at bay by the Orioles. Uh, and per off the stats, the Mariners pitched 10-plus innings, allowed fewer than five hits, no earned runs, no walks, and zero extra base hits, and lost. And the last time that happened was in August of 1913 with Walter Johnson taking the complete game loss for the Senators. Kirby's good. Like, he was an all-star replacement, but um, this guy, I think, I mean, the control is just unbelievable. And he's from Westchester, which is cool. Mariners? Like... Yeah, can you give me your who you think is going to make the AL wild cards? Do you, you have Seattle in or Toronto? It seems like you want to take Seattle. Yeah, but I'm undecided. I think Toronto. I want to take Seattle, but it just seems like like last night's a great example. They they're down five nothing against the Royals, come all the way back and lose in the ninth. That's kind of just what I think of when I think of this Mariners team. Like Castillo's been great, but he does, he's eight and seven. It's kind of the story of the Mariners season. I'm, yeah, again, I, Tampa's the team that I just – Tampa's not that fun. I think, both, fun. I think both the Blue Jays and Mariners are inconsistent. I think the Blue Jays will be a little bit more consistent. There's my answer. Um, Jordan Lyles, second complete game of the year, came in an eight-inning loss to the Red Sox 4-3 on Wednesday. Freddie Peralta in a 12-1 win last Monday. Um, 
he combined with Elvis Peguero and Andrew Chaffin on a 28 batter clinic. Uh, they only allowed one hit. Peralta had a 13 strikeout gem matching his career high and his 31 whiffs for the most by a Brewer starter in the pitch tracking era. Your boy, Gavin Williams, big week for the Guardians rookie. Uh, last Monday, he went seven scores, one hit, one walk, 12 strikeouts. And against the Rays, Saturday, five innings, one earned, one walk, 10 Ks, five hits. Uh, if you're keeping track there, that means in 12 innings, 22 strikeouts, one earned run. Only MLB rookie in the modern era to have a scoreless inning with outing with 12 plus strikeouts and no more than one hit allowed and yet not get the win. This is why they traded Savali. Uh, the Guardians are really good at one thing and it's producing pitching. This is proof. Yeah, this was, uh, I mean, I've been in on the Gavin Williams thing for a while. He is, I, he, he looked great. We watched that that outing against Toronto earlier in the week because it was more exciting than Yankees nonsense. But like, Cleveland, he's the, is he the next guy on, on Cleveland that just shows up one day and it's like, oh, how does Cleveland have another one? It looks like it. It could be him, it could be, could be Logan Allen. They have multiple guys. Could be fit. Could be. Uh, could be Thor. Next. Next topic. Uh, Logan Gilbert for the Mariners. Twelve strikeouts, no walks, seven scoreless innings, and a two nothing victory against the Padres. It's the fourth time in his uh, season um, where he has not allowed a walk, um, along with a bunch of strikeouts. Good start for Gilbert. Got hit hard last night. Let's talk about Mad Max. If you take out the first inning that Scherzer had for the Rangers, which I believe was against the A's. Um, you had the stat line. What was it? Yesterday, he went 11 scoreless uh, in the Rangers' 12-0 route of the Angels. So Scherzer had a rough, rough, rough first inning. Gave up three runs against the Sox. But in his last 19 innings, he has – I actually have to pull it up because I, I did this research. He – 19 innings, 24 strikeouts, one run. Even if you factor in that bad first inning, um, 3-0 and with a 180 RA and three starts with the Rangers, you've retired 16 straight batters. And to be honest with you, the AL West and the American League in general may come down to of the former teammates, Scherzer and Verlander, who pitches better in a playoff series. I, we're, I think every baseball fan in America signs up for that. That's I think that's what I'm hoping. That I think that's the Because if Evaldi comes back, he matches up with um, Fromber, you have Montgomery or Jonathan Gray matching up with Javier. I'm all in on the All-Texas ALCS. It'll be exciting. But Chase, true or, true or false? Scherzer's the best pitcher in the AL. I'd still go Garrett right now just because it's been sustained all season. Um, but I will say that this just shows what a fucking dumpster fire the Mets season has been because – Scherzer and Verlander have left. They've gone back to the state of Texas or gone to the state of Texas in Max's case and have pitched like the first bout Hall of Famers they've been their whole career. And I mean, if we're just going to – can I bash on the Mets a little more? Sure. It, now stuff's coming out about how Verlander was a bad teammate and how the Scherzer-Verlander dynamic was tanking the clubhouse. It's, it's going to get it, – there's going to be a tell-all about this Mets season and it is going to be a – fucking disaster hopefully simon writes it um shout out shout out to pablo reyes the red sox player um who with two outs in the ninth inning hit an ultimate grand slam for 6-2 win over the royals last week at fenway park um he collected three hits scored three runs had multiple extra base hits, stole a base and hit a walk-off grand slam which is the first time a player has done all that in baseball history as you can imagine 
so shout out to him. Shout out to Jonathan Singleton. Um, not the director of the movie Friday, but the former top prospect for the Astros, the number one prospect uh, way back in 2014 to 2015. Um, smoked a bunch of pot, got popped, was in and out of baseball, um, and then was re-signed by the Astros this uh, this year on a minor league deal. Came up to play first base for Jose Abreu when Jose got injured um, and hit two home runs in an 11-3 win over the Angels this week. Career-high five RBIs from Singleton. Um, it is eight years and 13 days between home runs, which is the longest gap between behind any player other than Jake Peavy from 2006 to 2015. It's the longest for any position player since Raphael Belliard from 87 to 97. And he's the first player in history to have a multi-homer game for his first MLB homers in eight plus years. Congrats, Singleton. Way to make it all the way back. Uh, multi-homer games this week from Brian Reynolds versus the Reds, Zach Galloff versus the Twins, Tommy Edmund versus the Royals, Kerry Carpenter versus the Red Sox, Joey Gallo versus the Phillies, Kyle Schwarber versus the Nats, Joey Manessis versus the Phillies, Nolan Jones versus the Brewers, Pete Alonso versus the Cubs, Luis Campusano versus the Dodgers, Josh Bell versus the Reds, Jose, Jose Siri versus the Cardinals, Spencer Torkelson versus the Twins, and MJ Melendez versus the Red Sox. And last but not least, player of the week is the team, and that is the Brave, who scored 21 runs against the Mets Saturday in a 21-3 win. Matt Matt Olson hit two home runs. All total, the team hit six home runs. Uh, Albies, Riley, Sean Murphy, Nicky Lopez all go deep for the Braves. And all of the Mets could post on Twitter was game one is over. They wouldn't even post the score. That's tough. They had a they – I think – is this the game where the Mets, they threw position – they had to pull their position player pitching because it got so bad. And I think the Braves – were up so many ones that they were able to pitch Nicky Lopez. And he went scoreless inning. Scoreless inning. The Braves, the tweets of the week, If the subheading is just Braves circle jerk because there are so many unbelievable Braves tidbits this week. Uh, but Nicky Lopez had a pretty epic week and was like the fourth most epic player on his team this week. That's it. They did get injury. The, the, what, the, what do you think the Albies injury does anything? I think it hurts. But Lopez has been in the – I mean, again, he's not Albies, but you just put Lopez in second now. They, um, I would take the – if it was Braves or the field on Bavada, I'm taking the field. But that's just out of principle, the baseball season. I mean, you said it. This, Bra- this Braves team is – the only flaw with this Braves team is they inexplicably traded for Brad Hand, and I cannot be more excited for Brad Hand to fuck this team out of a World Series. Yeah, the Brad Hand thing. I'm I'm with you. I don't get it. This team's too good to be bringing in the likes of Brad Hand, perennial postseason choker. Just uh, I again, I, every time he comes up, I, I sports hate him the most. He's he makes me very mad. All right, you ready for my victory lap? Been ready. All right. So last week I talked about in the mix in the mix of all the trade deadline moves that there was one all-star move to the deadline from this year, and it was the most underappreciated move um, at the trade deadline, and that was Michael Lorenzen going to the Phillies. Part of it was admittedly gassing my own player up in fantasy, but screw it, that's what good managers do. And what did he do this week? What did he do? Threw a no-hitter, Chase. Threw a no-hitter. God, it was incredible. Um, there were 3,406 fans at Citizen Bank, Citizens Bank Park Wednesday. Um, it was Lorenzen's first start as a Philly. He came against the Nationals. Um, he had not allowed a hit through eight innings. He had thrown 111 pitches, which was four more than his career high. Um, 
All that said, though, 10 pitches later, 124 pitches for the game. He completed the 14th no-hitter in Philly's history with a 7-0 victory over the Nationals. It was their first no-hitter since Cole Hamels in 2015 and the first at home since Roy Holiday in Game 1 of the NLDS in 2010. Um, This was a typical, not a typical no-hitter. Um, at least in modern baseball. Uh, Lorenzo threw 53 pitches in the first seven innings. He had 100 through seven. Rob Thompson found him in the tunnel uh, after the seven and said, how you doing? Lorenzo simply said, I'm good. He did 11 pitches to get through the eighth. And then in the ninth, threw a 1-1 slider to Lane Thomas, who grounded out the third baseman, Alec Bohm, to start the inning. 0-2 sinker to Joey Manessis uh, was called a strike for strike three. Two outs. Um, Real Muto and Lorenzo had been in sync all night. He did not shake him off once. Um, in Miami, the start prior and did not shake him off again on Wednesday. Got Dom Smith to a full count. Uh, Real Muto called the next pitch. Um, two or three times in succession it happened because uh, Lorenzen was having trouble with the pitch comm. Backdoor slider 3-2, fly ball to center field. Real Muto pumped his fist knowing that Lorenzen threw the no-hitter. Um, and I was validated like I have never been validated before. That was awesome there. Uh, Lorenzen's wife, Cassie, and his nine-month, uh, his wife, mom, and nine-month-old daughter were all there in attendance. Um, he's the fifth pitcher to throw a no-hitter in his first home game with the franchise. Um, he's the sixth pitcher in the expansion ever to throw a no-hitter in his first or second start with the team. Um, and he's just the eighth pitcher to throw a no-hitter after switching teams in midseason. Uh, his previous career high for pitches was 107, which came in his MLB debut with the Reds in 2015. So 124 pitches. Um, that was a career high for him. Unbelievable start by Lorenz. And I have some more tidbits. But first, I, I do want to talk about the baseball aspect of this. I, I said this last week. He, to me, is the guy who seemed like he could swing a pennant race. And, and when you watch him pitch, I mean, that Phillies rotation now pound for pound um, with Wheeler, Nola, Lorenzen, Taiwan, and he moved Suarez, like we said last week, back into the swing roll. The, they, I think they could follow the blueprint they did last year. Turner, since the fans stuck behind him, had a scorching hot week. Phillies are looking good, and Lorenzen's in the middle of it. The, the tur- Turner... Nobody batted enough. When Turner signed that contract, people thought he got underpaid. I, let's not forget that component of Trey Turner, who Trey Turner is and has been for his entire career, uh, minus this rough start with the Phillies. So, yeah, could this Phillies team do what last year's Phillies team did? Absolutely. I think they're like, do they? They're not the favorites. They're probably third. They're probably. They, I'd expect them to be third in the NL power ranks when the Braves and the Dodgers, but. Very conceivable they go on a run. And this Lorenzen, he'll play a role. I want to give huge shout-outs in this note to, to Rob. To Robbie Thompson, manager of the Phillies. Because you see it all across baseball now, that when pitchers go past their pitch, their career high in pitches, that they get pulled almost immediately. Rob, old-school dude, baseball guy, let his dude finish the job. Hats off there, because that's what you want. That's what you want to see. And for, and for whatever it's worth with a guy like Lorenzo, too. I mean, Lorenzo's a stud athlete. He used to play center field for the Reds. Like, this guy can go. I, good for him. Good for everyone. Like, when you go to a game, you, you want to see a no-hitter. Right. You want what, I, what I'm going to say next has even longer Bavada odds than Lorenzo throwing a no-hitter in a second start with the Phillies. Maybe the longest odds of any stat we've ever said on the podcast. You sent this to me. Lorenzen is the fourth pitcher out of Fullerton Union High School in Fullerton, California, to reach the majors. It's Walter Johnson, Steve Busby, Mike Warren, and Lorenzen. And all four have thrown a no-hitter. 
maybe the craziest baseball fact we've ever presented in the almost in the four plus years of this podcast. Yeah, four plus years of this podcast. That's almost crazier than the, uh, than the high school. All right, focus on the task at hand. We'll get sappy later. But no, that's I mean, that's, that's just nuts. That's nuts. That's fun. Not only that, uh, it's four no hitters spread across a hundred plus years. So I would say, what's wrong with this high school that they're only put four guys in the league and all that? Pick of the litter, I guess. Other shout-outs from this game. Uh, one goes to Weston Wilson. Uh, he had a solo home run in his first plate appearance off Mackenzie Gore. It was the first time that a player homered in his major league debut and threw a no-hitter in the same context. Um, it was the first time we were talking no-hitters for Fromber, and you said me that the Nationals have the longest ongoing streak without getting no-hit. They had never, never been no-hit. Never been yeah. no-hit as the Nationals organization. The last time was David Cohen's perfect game in 99. That streak is now over. Uh, what team do you think has the new longest streak? I should know this because I was investigating it all, but I don't. I feel like no one's thrown a no-hitter against the Red Sox in a while. Angels, September 99 against Eric Milton. Fun fact about Eric Milton, Yankee farmhand. He got a tattoo of the uh, NY, the insignia on his arm, and then we traded him. Why it's another lesson. Kids don't speed and don't get tattoos unless you really unless you really believe in something. One of Lorenzo's one of Lorenzo's claims to fame after this game uh prior coming into this game was that he pitched in vans. Um and he will now have the first pair of vans to appear in Cooperstown. Only had one pair, so he needs another. Um, but just congratulations to Michael Lorenzo. I I mean he's you ever wear vans? No. I'm not off the wall, which is what Vans' slogan was. I'm too on the wall or in the wall. And I'm certainly not a skater boy, but you know, just a congratulations to Lorenzo. I mean, a free agent after the year, someone's going to pay him. I would say at a minimum, like Jameis and Tyone money, which was four for 68, but you know, he's the guy I'm the first to admit when he made the all-star team, we bashed him. We said it should have been Erod. Um, and all he should have been Miggy should have been Miggy as a farewell, but I guess he got the farewell last year. Old Lorenzo has done since then his deal culminates in a no-hitter, and I think he's going to be a big part of my fantasy team and the Phillies down the stretch. So uh, two no-hitters, two weeks. You think we get a third one in a row this week? If so, who's the pitcher? Hmm. You know who I think is going to throw a no-hitter this week? Uh, we did joke about Severino doing it tonight against the Braves. I don't think that's going to – I think – I think Castillo no-hits the Royals tomorrow night. That's a good play. Um, I'm just – I'm going through the probable pitchers right now. I'm going to go with coming off of the shutout, and this is going to be baseball history because it would be back-to-back no-hitters, but I'm going to go George Kirby against the Royals. He's pissed, and he's dealing. And it's going to be a time bad week for the Royals. <laughs> so for all, you listening, for all you listening, hammer the Royals the next time. Hammer the Royals. And take the Mariners to miss the play. The Mariners season is about to go down. Or the fun no-hitter option, Lorenzen, back-to-back. Johnny Vandermeer. That's the most unbreakable record in sports. I heard someone say this like 10 years ago. The only way you break that is throw three. Yeah, it's impossible. Yeah. All right, on a serious note, we mentioned Wander Franco earlier. Um, the Rays released a statement yesterday in regard to social media posts involving Wander Franco, noticing the league has begun looking into the matter. Um, earlier in the afternoon on Sunday, allegations of an inappropriate relationship between Franco and a minor were made on X. 
you don't know what X is, it's Twitter. I make the mistake too. Leading to Franco's name being trending um, as the initial post went viral. He did not play in the Rays' loss to the Guardians Sunday. Kevin Cash said that it was just an absence as a rest day. Um, he played in the Rays' previous 40 consecutive games. Uh, the Tampa Bay Times wrote that Franco left the dugout midway through the game and wasn't in the clubhouse afterwards. Uh, the Rays GM was in the clubhouse after the game, but didn't comment on the matter. And Cash said we're aware of the speculation, but was not going to comment any further on that. Uh, the Rays made the following announcement Monday. The Rays and Wander Franco mutually agreed he will go on the restricted list and take leave from the club for the duration of the current road trip. MLB's opened an official investigation in the matter. Uh, the Rays said in a follow-up statement, we support any steps taken by the league to better understand the situation. Out of respect for all parties involved, we have no further comment on this time. Uh, in case it was unclear, the allegations came from the Dominican Republic on social media, and there's pictures and videos that a- allege that Wander Franco was in a relationship with a 14-year-old. Franco is, again, 22 years old. Uh, you put the pieces together there, not good. Um, the restricted list, this is most famously used of late with Trevor Bauer. It means he's still paid. It's basically he's on administrative leave for the team, um, and it gives them a week to kind of figure everything out. The tricky part in all this is that the allegations did come from the Dominican Republic, so MLB has to go down there and investigate. Um, but this has the potential to get really bad. You you want to give people benefit of the doubt, obviously, but the pictures kind of are what the pictures were. I know there was no context. Um, and at the moment, I, I mean, in my mind, we're, we're trending towards a path where this is true. The Rays are in deep, deep shit because this is the first time they've ever fully committed to a franchise player. They gave Ronda Franco an 11 year deal. Longo didn't get that. Price didn't get that. Crawford. Crawford, nobody. Um, and there's a real world where right now he, their, their franchise player, to be as candid as possible is combating allegations of pedophilia. If true, I think he can never, I, you can't, he can never play again. It's like, if true, there's a whole other set of things that. I think the only time we've seen in our lifetime was what Felipe Vasquez and he never played again. Yeah. So I guess I, I don't know anything more about it. If true, he shouldn't play again. There's, there's just, yeah. And this age gap is just so big. Like there's just, there's no way to justify this. If true. Yeah. So we'll, as we'll stay, we'll keep updates in as we get them. But yeah, right now, right now, as you said, do earlier, I mean, this, this second half for Tampa for how good they were in the first half has gone about as off the rails as it possibly could. Yeah, I I don't know what they – yeah, the baseball side of this is so obviously secondary to whatever he's got going on there. But it seems like it's just – I I don't – there's not a ton to comment on. It's like you just if, – if true, he's done. Yep. Let's go positive. Let's talk about a guy who gave a lot of positive memories to us, even as Yankee fans as he crushed us in the division. Last week we talked about Cole Hamels retiring. This week a huge part of the 2010s retired. Uh, Jose Bautista signed a one-day contract with the Blue Jays to officially retire on the Blue as a Blue Jay. It was added to the club's level of excellence on Saturday. Um, Jose Bautista, one of the most unique careers we've seen in the last 25 years. He's 42 years old. He was selected in the 20th round of the draft in 2020. Um, got his no. hop or 2000, sorry, got as high as number seven in their prospect rankings in 2003. In 2004, went to the Orioles in the Rule 5 draft, 
was then claimed off the waivers by the Rays, traded to the Royals and the Mets, and then back to the Pirates. Stuck there for a few years, hit 16 home runs in 06, 15 in 07, 15 in 08. Uh, he was then traded to the Blue Jays in 2008 for a player to be named later and had the makings of a typical journeyman, not too far off from his teammate Edwin Encarnacion. Um, and then in 2010, Jose Bautista to me, when you think of the launch angle revolution, he was at the forefront of that. Uh, at age 29, 54 home runs, hit 260, 378, 617, 165 WRC plus. Uh, he got a five-year, $65 million extension there that covered his final arbitration season and four free agent years. Uh, 2011 hit 43 home runs, 302, 447, 608 slash line, 180 WRC, led the majors. Uh, he was 8.1 war and came in third in the MVP voting between Verlander and Jacoby Ellsbury. From 2012 to 2016, he hit between 22 and 40 homers each year. Uh, never had a walk rate below 13.1%. But Bautista is probably most famous for when he finally got to the playoffs um, in 20, what was it, 2015 or 2016? Well, you said it's, he's most famous. I was going to ask you, is he more famous for this or getting hit in the face? Well, it's kind of all-encompassing in the same playoffs, in my mind. They weren't in the playoffs. Oh, the Odor the wasn't in the playoffs? No, Odor was the next regular season. Oh, well, we fought Rugnet Odor in the regular season, and that was awesome. All-time baseball fight. Um, but in the best- no, he didn't fight Rugnet Odor. He lost a fight to Rugnet Odor. Yeah, it's an all-time baseball fight, though. <laughs> um, Blue Jays-Rangers wild-card series. Um, Blue Jays had lost the first two games. Uh, they tie it up to make it 2-2. And then deciding fifth game, uh, the Jays fell behind in the top of seven, 3-2 on an infamous play. Um, when Ruben Odor scored, when Russell Martin's throwback to pitcher Aaron Sanchez hit the bat of Shinsu Chu and ricocheted away. Um, and then in the bottom of the frame, um, the Rangers tie the game. It is um, 3-3, and Jose Bautista hits a three-run homer to put the Blue Jays up 6-3, send them to the ALCS. It was a towering walk-off home run, a bad flip of all bad flips. It was in 2015 because they lost to the Royals. Really just showed how great Bautista was for this team. Got the qualifying offer for $17.2 million in 2017, returned to Toronto in free agency, 23 home runs, but the production fell um, at that point. It was kind of past his peak, but from 2010 to 2015, 227 home runs, which is easily the most in baseball. Miggy was second at 199. Great defensively, too. He had a 156 WRC plus, 33.2 fan graph war, was six amongst position players, and a 60 outfield assist was fourth all time. Uh, and ended up having a really good career. I mean, OPS was 836, 344 homers, 126 WRC plus, over 1,000 runs, right around 1,000 ribbies, war right above 70, 35 on both metrics, six straight all-star teams, uh, two-time home run champ, three silver sluggers, couple of Hank Aaron awards, um, and just a really fun player to watch. Those Blue Jays teams in the mid-2010s when they finally broke through with Russell Martin and Donaldson winning the MVP, Bautista, Encarnacion, Tulo, just a really fun team. David Price. David Price. Um, and congrats on uh, an unpredictable but great career for Jose Bautista. I mean, if you had said in 2000, going into the 2010 season, I, I mean, the Bavada odds for Jose Bautista that he had a 50 home runs would have been plus 10,000. Um, but to his credit, some guys are just, you know, they get it together late. He remade his career um, and was a huge part of baseball in the 2010s. Um both for getting punched in the face and for walloping massive home runs. Any Jose Bautista memories that you have that we didn't cover? No, I just remember him 
I mean, he, he just uh, came out of nowhere and started mashing. Him and, and Edwin, him and Edwin might have been of the 2010s the best three, four, four, five combo. Oh. Yeah. No, I really like those Blue Jays. I thought you those said, Blue oh, Jays- yeah, as in, like, there was somebody obvious I forgot, but, like, they played together, like, five, six years and produced. No, I was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm trying to... Strictly from a power standpoint, I think it has to be that. I'm trying to think if any... No. No, no one's coming. I'm like, Because I feel like I'm just like... A guy like Ortiz didn't have a consistent guy with him. A yeah, guy, like Manny was gone. Manny, like A-Rod and Teixeira didn't do it long enough or that late. Like the NL dominant teams, I feel like were more, there was more AL, there was more of a divide AL, I know, so it wouldn't really be an NL team. Like Harper, Rendon, I don't think that checks out. Like the Phillies guys kind of felt, I don't know. No, he, it was just awesome. The teams came out of nowhere and started hitting. And I, I don't think that you had the Blue Jays run you have now. Yeah. From 2010, to, 2010 to 16, they combined for um, 480 home runs. No one's touching that. Oh, Miggy and Prince, but I don't think they were. Prince was retired in, what, 2014? That was so sad. Trout, Pools, and Josh Hamilton, all three of them. All right, congrats on a great career, Jose. That's like, but no, I, I, that he re, he re-energized the baseball in Canada. He made it cool to be a Blue Jay and a Blue Jay fan. Because now, look at what Toronto is now. Toronto packs out. If you, I don't know enough. If I was going to talk out my ass, which I've been known to do, yeah. I'd say he revolutionized sports in Canada. He made the Raptors when he turned the what he did for the Blue Jays inspired a whole Toronto sports revolution that culminated in a. Raptors NBA title, um, a new run for the Maple Leafs, and I. And Canada's just Canada's cool. The dollar's weak. Congrats to Toronto. Uh, two pieces of stadiums news this week, both for smaller market teams. Um, it was reported back in February the Orioles had declined a five-year extension on their lease at Camden Yards with the hope that they could work out a longer deal that would allow them to take advantage of a new Maryland law and bar- borrow $600 million for stadium upgrades. Uh, it was hoped this would be worked out by the All-Star break, um, but John Angelos, the CEO of the Orioles, is apparently trying to leverage the negotiation to acquire public land. Um, Angelos, the governor of Maryland, Westmore, took a tour of the Battery in Atlanta in March. Um, that that development houses Truist Park where the Braves, Braves play. And they wanted to basically recreate the area um, that they did in Atlanta with retail, commercial, and uh, residential uses. And with that in mind, Angelos is reportedly trying to get an extra $300 million in state funds as well as public lands around Camden Yards, which is holding up a deal where the deadline looming at the end of the year. Um, other obstacles involves the Ravens um, and needing um, – Parity with their neighbors. They just signed a lease in January. Another part of that lease is that 4,000 nearby parking space have to remain surface lots and not turn into underground parking to allow tailgating, which is sick. It says in the lease they need tailgating. So, hell yeah, city. Tailgating is sick. Huh? Tailgating is sick. Um, it also notes that there are state-owned parking lots nearby where the revenue generated from those lots go into the teams. And if the O's wanted that land, they would need to start a procurement process that could involve bids from other developments. Um, with the Angelos not – one expert thinks that Angelos won't get the land or the money he is seeking. Governor Larry Hogan, friend of the show, Ryan, I was just at his house in Chicago. He was the former governor of Maryland. Is $600 million enough to not rebuild an area? I mean, he passed a $1.2 billion deal. The Ravens, have you been to MT Bank Stadium? 
No. But I mean, like, have I been to a Ravens game or have I been to the area? Have you been to a state? The, the, the Ravens game. I've not been to a Ravens. Because I've heard no. their stadium is pretty nice and they got $600 million and said, yeah, no problem. I, this yeah, I think this has been a brutal news cycle for the Angelos between this and the David Brown announcing stuff. You ask any any baseball fan to name their the top five nicest stadiums in the league, everyone says Camden Yards. Even yeah, I don't think they need to change Camden Yards on top of it. No, I think I like I I I go to a lot of stadiums. I my when I speak on stadiums, I, I feel like I have some credibility on the matter. It is so nice to have a stadium in your city's downtown. It is so convenient for fans. It is so convenient for tourists. It is just so convenient for anybody trying to get to a game that they can just be in the downtown area and walk right to the game. And on top of it, Camden Yards is one of the nicest stadiums in all of baseball. They crushed it. It's it's it is skewing on the older side, but it doesn't fucking matter. They got it right. When you get it right, don't fucking deal with shit. If they're giving you money, just just take the money and stay there. Make everybody happy. Your team is good. Hundred million dollars. Like this, Angelus guy is turning into. Angelos better watch his – I mean, I was about to say some sort of threat to Angelos, which would be correct. Angelos needs to look in the mirror and realize he is on a fucking gold mine right now. He's got everything set up. He's got the best young core in the league. He's got the best stadium. He's got everything set for him. Why is every headline about this guy bad news? They need a new owner to hate. They love Steve Biscotti, the owner of the, Ra- the Ravens. Um, they like – Josh Harris, obviously, with Dan Snyder out, they need someone to hate, and that could very quickly be the Angelos family, if they don't already, to be honest. I feel like because he did something weird recently. Didn't he threaten to take the team out of Baltimore? Yeah, he's an idiot. Um, but one team that may leave, well, this is from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, um, the Brewers have given some thoughts to considering relocation. Um, an issue is the club's lease on American Family Field, Miller Park. Um, these new names suck. With with negotiations over a new funding package over improvements yet to reach an agreement, uh, the report indicates the club could start looking for a new home this fall if a deal isn't in place by then. American Family Field is owned by a public agency called the Southwest Wisconsin Professional Baseball District, which leases the stadium to the Brewers. It currently runs through 2030 and requires the agency to pay for improvements present in at least 75% of all other stadiums. District must also repair infrastructure items consistent with the replacement items of at least 25% of the top parks. Uh, Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers proposed a 290 billion spending package earlier in the year as part of a deal that would get the Brewers to sign an extension keeping them Milwaukee through 2043. When combine that with interest rate and the 70 million that the district already has on its hand, it would eventually lead to 448 million in spending. Republican lawmakers scrapped the plan. They control the legislator there. Um, I, the Brewers them leaving Milwaukee, that would just be the strangest to me because I just associate them so much with the city. Not that it's necessarily because of the success, but it's the Brewers. They played at Miller Park where you drink beers. It's like the Rockies and Coors Field. They had everything set up. It's different because I, I Milwaukee's tough. Milwaukee, also, that stadium is one of those you got to drive from downtown to get to Miller. But I heard it's beautiful. It's beautiful. They have great food. But I, it's like I, if I was Rob, I would work really hard at keeping them in Milwaukee just because we – we, we've played over slow news weeks. We, we fuck around and talk about expansion and what cities make sense. And there aren't a ton of options out. There. And I feel like that's what we keep settling on. Well, let's assume the A's go to Vegas and baseball's going to have to expand just because you make more money that way. Like you'll take a Nashville team. You'll, you'll take a Nashville one. And then, and then what? Like you're just going to move from like a lame city to another lame city. 
I, I just somebody texted me about this today. They were like, oh, Salt Lake City's a lock. I'm like, what's the appeal? There is no appeal. Salt Lake City's fucking weird. There's alcohol laws in Utah that you're not going to be able to get. Like I'd say that to Charlotte and Portland well before either of those. Charlotte, Portland, dude. Portland. And even Portland. Charlotte, you got the weird legislation shit the past couple of years that I don't know if they're you don't want to reward North, Yeah, you don't want to reward North Carolina necessarily. Also, I mean, I, I heard this on a podcast. This is so unrelated, but I heard this on a podcast this morning. Is it not bizarre to you that the when the Hornets wear their alternate, their, their city, their, their like Buzz City jerseys, that it just says clit across their chest? No, it doesn't. It's a CLT. And now somebody said it, so I can't. Un- I'm looking at Hornets jerseys, and it's a CLT. <laughs> so I just think it's saying clit. Anyway, which of these two teams do you think is less likely to move, the Orioles or the Brewers? Yeah. I think the Orioles are going to stay. All right. One free Asian news, then we'll do injuries, tweets of the week. The Dodgers have agreed to terms with South Korean right-hander Hung Suk Jang. Um, the 19-year-old Jang got a $900,000 signing bonus, and he's going to forego the KBO amateur draft to pursue MLB opportunities. He was widely expected to be the top pick in the KBO draft. Um, the whites, the Dodgers last week made a trade with the White Sox to free up some international pool. Um, their four million one hundred forty-four thousand dollar pool for this signing bonus is one of the lowest um, in the league allocated pool. Jang six two one ninety eight and allowed one run in twenty seven and third innings during his final high school season. Um, he reached ninety seven miles per hour on his fastball and will add a power arm to the lower levels of the Dodgers farm system. And Bryce, this is how good teams stay good. I'm like, I'm sorry, I missed. It. I was looking at the Clint jerseys. It does kind of look like that. Um, the Dodgers signed the top prospect in Korea. Got him no four. That's the thing with baseball. It's not like Colin Cowherd got out and is not being a good baseball fan that day when he tried to say trade a bunch of first round picks, which you can't do. I feel like most of these bases, it's not the top of the draft that we how you build a team. It really is free agency and these international signings are way more important than the draft. And if you were, I mean, it's it's for. People who play from Asia want to stay closer to home. It's a lot easier to be on the West Coast just the time difference stuff. So the Dodgers have a leg up all the time there. Why wouldn't you want to go to the best run organization on the West Coast? Certainly makes it easier. Um, all right, injuries. We mentioned McClanahan earlier. Ozzy Albies, 10-day injured list with a hamstring strain. Nestor Cortez's season's over as quickly as it uh, restarted. He's on the 15-day injuries. Retroactive to August 8th with a left rotator cuff strain. Jose Abreu, 10-day injured list um, with a lumbar spine inflammation. Phil Maton for the Astros, right elbow contusion. Steven Matz out two weeks with a lat strain. The McClanahan one's the big one, but we touched on that a bunch. McClanahan's the big one. Everything else is kind of – I mean, Steven Matz, add him to just a list of things the Cardinals got wrong this year. Tweets of the week, a.k.a. the Brave Circle Jerk Session. Um, this is from August 7th from OptiStats. Tonight marks the third time in the last 14 days. Pete Alonzo had two homers and five ribbies in a game. First play in MLB history to do that three times in the span of two weeks or less. Pete joins Ralph Kiner, Eddie Matthews, and Albert Pools as the only four players in MLB history with 35-plus home runs four times in their first big league season. The Pete contract is going to be fascinating because his average sucks, but he hits a ton of home runs. I don't know if the Mets are going to pay him. When's he, when's he a free agent? After 2024. We'll see what they do. I mean, could they deal him this off? I what's more likely? It, I, I could see him being dealt this offseason. Why not? 
Yeah. I, I, they, the Met, they, they, they've told the Mets. I, the Mets situation is so weird to me because they've told they told Scherzer and Verlander they're not trying to compete in 2024. So if they're not trying to compete in 2024, can you roster a guy that has 50 that has 50 plus homer power? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, here, you get some good stuff. You can get you can get a good return for Pete this Oh, of course. Do you think? Do you think over under the uh, Freddie six for one sixty two of the hits free agency? Under, the average isn't high enough. Yeah, it's hard. But he's younger, or is he? Or did he come up late? He is probably around. The, oh, he's younger than Freddie's going to be. I think. You know where I could see him going. No, that doesn't make it though. Trying to think where he could play. All right, keep thinking. I'll run through some tweets. I was gonna say Houston. You Darvis with nah, because they got Abreu for three more years, unless they just cut bait with Abreu. Uh, with a no. sixth strikeout of the night, you Darvish passed Hideo Nomo for the most strikeouts with the Japanese pitcher at 1,919. Speaking of Japanese players, Otani is the first player in MLB history to record 40 homers and 50 steals in his team's 115 first games. Uh, this past week, the Yankees left 28 men on base in their last two games from Katie Sharp. It's the first two-game span in history that the Yankees did that and lost both games. Some of this shit, I, I saw that only was tweeting last week that the Yankees fans should not expect significant changes this offseason. That made me sad. Big time. From Sarah Langs, Mookie Betts' five career leadoff grand slams are tied for the most since 1900 with Jose Altuve, Curtis Granderson, Brian Roberts, Marcus Simeon, and George Springer. Um, some Rockies love. This is from Optostats. Since pitchers were first tracked in 98, the only MLB team in baseball history is the Rockies this week to draw a three consecutive bases loaded walks without a single strike being thrown in any of them. Um, in the 10th inning of that game, this is from Codify, the Rockies scored four runs with a ghost runner at second, walk, bunt single to load the bases, four pitch walk, four pitch walk, four pitch walk, strikeout, sack fly, strikeout. Rocktober. It's... <sighs> Over under 0.5 Rockies World Series in your lifetime. Under. Yeah. From Gary Hill Jr., Logan Hill Gilbert is the or Logan Gilbert is the first right-hander to strike out Juan Soto three in a game. Um Ozzie, Oh, we didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about Soto throwing his whole team under. Oh, I didn't read the comment, honestly. You'll have to send it to me off air. I missed that. In short, Soto said that uh he feels like some of the guys on the team quit. And when they go down, they don't fight. It's a possibility. Uh, Cunha, Albies, Ols- uh, Albies, Olsen, and Riley um, are the first teams, first quartet of teammates since the 44 Reds to each play in their team's first 110 games of the season. In his Guardians debut, Ramon Laureano drove in the only run in a 1-0 win. The first player to have the only RBI in a 1-0 win in his team debut since Ramon Laureano in 2018 with the A's. Uh, Max Scherzer now has more total strikeouts than any other MLB pitcher in the last 28 seasons. It's not now. He just has it. What's that? Scherzer has the most strikeouts of any pitcher in the last 28 seasons. Scherzer has the 12th most strikeouts of all time. And he's going to pass. He's going to pass Necro in a couple starts and get to the top 10 either later this year or early next, depending on what the Rangers do with him down the stretch. I would, if I was the Rangers with Scherzer, you saw this with, you saw this with him two years ago when he was traded at the deadline. 
you don't want him having a dead arm come October. Manage his innings. And I hate managing innings, but for sure, manage it. This is from ESPN. Bobby Wood Jr. has two infield hits and an inside-the-park home run. And uh, First player to do that in a game since Juan Pierre in 04. From Optostats, Kyle Tucker on the road this year is a three-homer game, a 20-plus game hitting streak, a grand slam uh, with his team down three in the ninth, and the only player to do all of those in his whole career was Babe Ruth. Um, this is from Katie Sharp on August 9th. The Yankees now have a negative run differential in all 115 games this season, plus 41 in nine games versus the Royals versus eighth and minus 42 versus everyone else. From James Smythe, Josh Bell was the first Marlin, and this franchise has been around 30 years, to homer from both sides of the plate in the same game. That doesn't surprise me. I don't know. That, that, that never – the Marlins have been bad for 30 years. They've had two good seasons out of 30. All right, you ready for the Braves marathon here? Ready. From off the stats, Matt Olson, 40 homers, and Ronald Acuna, 53 steals. They're the third pair of teammates in MLB history where one has 40 home runs and the other is 50 steals before September. Acuna, Albies, Riley, and Olsen, this is from Mark Bowman, had combined for 124 home runs, more than the Rockies, Royals, Pirates, A's, Tigers, Marlins, Nationals, and Guardians have all hit. From Sarah Langs, Nicky Lopez is the first player with four hits and five RBIs and a scoreless pitching outing in the same game since 1920. He's also the first player to record seven hits and eight RBIs and his first two starts with the team since 1920. Braves from MLB Stats are the first Thanks. team to tally 10-plus hits in 10 consecutive games. Thanks. So I just turned on the Yankee game. Oh, I'm not even watching. I'm following. Is the my Yankees, over? Has Acuna stolen nine bases already? The Yankees went. The Yankees didn't get a hit in the first. Acuna got a. Acuna had a single up the middle on a wild pickoff throw by Severino. Acuna got the third. All right. Well, we'll keep talking about the Braves. Ooh, 10 team to, first team to retaliate 10 plus hits in 10 consecutive games since the 2016 Royals. Fifth team since 1940 with 20 runs and a shutout in the doubleheader. First team to score 20 plus runs, launch five homers, and smack five doubles and steal three bases in the same game. And last but not least, from Codify, they have a 904 team OPS since the All Star break. They, they could be, uh, if they get it done, you said earlier, if they get it done, they could, this will be going, they will go down as an all time historic team. Other tweets, the Giants from ESPN. The Giants are the first team in MLB history to have two different rookie catchers in a walk-off homer in a year. Um, this week, the Marlins and the Nationals, it was the first team that two time that two MLB teams trailed by four-plus runs in the ninth and came to went back to win without needing extras in the same day. Um, Garrett Cole, this is from Yankees Muse. Some notable starts this season that Garrett did not win in the final score. Six innings, no earned run versus Toronto, lost 3-0. Uh, six innings, two earned versus Boston, lost 3-2. Six innings, one earned versus the Mets, lost 4-3. Six innings, two earned versus the Cardinals, lost 5-1. Six innings, one earned versus the Rockies, lost 8-7. Seven innings, no run versus Baltimore, lost 1-0. Six innings, two earned versus Miami, lost 8-7. He's the new Jacob DeGrom, just not as dominant. Um, in his last 162 <laughs> games... The new Jacob DeGrom, but not – DeGrom's thing is he was dominant. Yeah, it's the run support part, though, in New York. This is from Chris Kamka. Um, on Elvis night at Guaranteed Rate Field, Elvis Andrews was at first with Elvis Paguero on the mound. Um, Jose Ramirez in his last 162 game play, games played. This is from Codify. Um, how many times do you think he struck out looking in that span? Well, my guess is it's not a very big number. Is it? Is it one? Twice, and neither were strikes. 
Um, and then we're going to end with two Nolan Ryan tweets. First from Chris Campa, Craig Griebeck and Ozzie Gain hit back-to-back homers off Nolan Ryan uh, 1990. It was Griebeck's first career homer and Ozzie's only homer of the year that season. And from Super 70 Sports, Nolan Ryan's ERA was 309 the year the White Album came out and 291 the year Nirvana released Nevermind. We're looking like at about a 22-year gap there. Chase, I feel like you bring that tweet up three times a year. It's a great tweet. I know. Work it in wherever I can. Any concluding thoughts for this week's podcast? Um, no. That's fine. Um, my concluding thoughts will be going to the beach this weekend, so there's a very good chance I'm very in pain and sunburn. I have a fantasy draft. That might lead to more pain. Um, what less sunburn? Huh? Or less summer, maybe. It'll maybe take my mind off the summer. It can't be worse than it was in San Francisco. And no. uh, last but not least, I will say, um, if you have the opportunity to see Bruce Springsteen, go see him. I saw him at Wrigley Field, and the boss at 73 years old is still melting brains. See him in a baseball stadium, too. Really cool experience. Uh, with Bryce Holden, my name is Chase Fedorsky. This is the Underdog Sports Baseball Show. Have a great day.